Davis with him. He's got Cooper. Is this a magical moment coming up? Get it Yes! Drop goal from Larkham. Los Pumas. They win against the All Blacks. Oh, look at this. It's the Caterpillar. Dunning. Looking for a three-pointer. Manu Samoa has caused a monumental upset at ANZ Stadium. Bernard Foley. has got the legs. It's got the legs. The distance. Today on Ruck Me Dead. The winless Waratahs, the Bush Capital Boys get it done again. Some local Batuta news and all of the big stories from across the Dutch. Welcome to Ruck Me Dead, a Batuta advocate and Stan Sport podcast. Believe it or not, after years of heaping shit on the game, we decided to put our money where our mouths was. I know that thousands of people around the country are gearing up to give Rugby Union another chance. So each week, myself, Errol Parker, and the Advocate's own sports reporter, Wendell Hussey, will be dissecting the weekend's rugby action and all the stories from off the field as well. Wendell? Hello and how are you? Yes, hello Errol, great to be here. Certainly does feel like a breath of fresh air has been breathed into the game of rugby with this new Stan Channel 9 partnership. And we will be bringing you all of the biggest stories from around the country, around clubland and around the world, touching on all the things that catch our eye over the course of a week, won't we Errol? We certainly will, Wendell. I'm actually looking forward to this. I was a bit apprehensive coming into it because... A lot of people outside of town might not know I am the treasurer of the Batuta Matabarasauruses here in town. They are the Rugby Union Football Club, and I'm also the coach of the women's team. I used to play at the club for quite a few years, ever since I first moved out here to Batuta. Like like a lot of people, Wendell, I tuned out of Super Rugby a few years ago because I just wasn't finding it interesting. I thought that really the, the sport had lost its way, where I don't think that really reflected my feelings towards rugby. I mean, I, I, I still love to follow it on a club mm. level, on an, yep. on an international level, but my lust for super rugby died uh, along with the lust for my second wife at about the same time. These things but, happen, yeah, mate, don't um, they, Errol? They happen. Look, happen to all of us. Yeah, but it, it's a new year, mate. It's a fresh horizon. Yes, uh, a lot of people are like you, Errol. I think they tuned out a little bit from Super Rugby when it got all muddled and murky. Yeah. Always got around the Wallabies, really stayed strong with their local club and clubland and all that sort of stuff. But I myself came to the game of rugby a little bit later on in life from a particularly unusual background, a public school. There's not many of us rugby fans who come from public schools anymore, Errol, which I think is a bit of a sad indictment on the game. But Traditionally, no, Wendell, but I, I think the numbers are starting to tip in favour. I think now, if you really look at it, the most elitist game in this in this country would be AFL. I yes. mean, those, those private schools down there in Melbourne are just turning over AFL stars like you wouldn't know. Yes, Geelong, Grammar, Trinity, all those places. But hopefully there will be more public school kids like me tuning into rugby because it is on free-to-air now, Errol. It is on Channel 9, mate, and that's what the diehards, that's what every old crusty bloke in the pub who's had 10 pints of Tolgers wrong with the game for 20 years. Now it's on free-to-air for the first time, isn't it? Yes, that is the first time for Super Rugby to be on free-to-air and there's a few hundred thousand eyeballs tuning in each week and all of the matches are on Stan Sport, including that free-to-air game as well. They are all also ad-free, so you can go all in on rugby if that is what you're into. So we're going to talk about each game and each round. We're going to 
give us a short little recap. Going to have a bit of chit-chat about each game. And at the end of each discussion, we're going to give the game a rating out of 10. Yes, Super Rugby AU, Super Rugby Aotearoa, some other talking points from around the world and the country, and of course, some Batuta Matabatasauruses for our local listeners. We'll start off with Super Rugby AU. Still with New South Wales, Maddox, Maddox getting across the line for Newsom Riley. He goes in, Nick Berry says no. And the Western Force end... A four-year run of outs in Super Rugby. They are winners here against the Tars. 1,329 days, Wendell. That is the period of time that the Western Force had gone without winning a game of Super Rugby, Errol. They're back. They beat the Waratahs 20 points to 16, piling more pain on the poor young boys from Sydney. Yeah, mate. Look, the time that they spent out in Twiggy Forest's wonderful world of rugby out there in in the West and South Asia, it looks like it's done them a world of good. I I know that a couple of weeks ago we were taking the piss out of what Twiggy was doing over there with his rapid rugby, but they were looking hot. It it was a good contest, and if there's a result where the Waratahs lose, I'm happy. Yes, exactly, Errol. I think you're right. There were some concerns there a couple of weeks ago that maybe playing games against the Malaysian Pogo Sticks and the South China Sea Dragons didn't have them up to Super Rugby standard, but they've turned things around. They've really dug in, and they've done what they've seemed to do for the last four, five, six years, ever since their inception in Super Rugby, and that's just have a go. They just keep having a go, and on Friday night, that was enough to get them over the line. Turning up against the Tars, it was enough to get them the win. Just turning up and having a go, and they got their first win since Round 7, 2017. Quite a while between drinks. I I was hoping to see a little bit more from both teams, really. I think that, especially the Waratahs, they left a lot on the field. Mm. But in saying that, they were both quite under strength you know they are taking a lot of injuries in there you know their captains aren't really you know don't have that much experience in super rugby of course with the force spending that time out of the competition they're back up here you know where the big boys play and moving forward i think there's going to be some good things come from the force but essentially basically in a nutshell the waratahs aren't looking very good the waratahs are in big 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 trouble, Errol. You're right. They the, were up 13-0. Yep. They were looking all right. They came out of the gates firing. And then they kind of petered off a little bit. And I think that comes from what you were just talking about there, the lack of experience. Obviously, Michael Hooper, their captain, has gone over to Japan for a little bit of a sabbatical, doing very well over there, making a little bit of coin, which is great from him. They also lost a lot of guys like Ned Hannigan, Damian Fitzpatrick, Tom Robinson, who's over there playing for the force, Staniforth, Jed Holloway. And, of course, noted hard man and enforcer Rob Simmons. And they just don't have a uh, lot of guys coming through with any Super Rugby experience. Very young team, very inexperienced team. And a team that can let a 13-0 lead slip and not regain it playing against 14 men because, of course, the Western Force got a red card there in the 60th minute. And I think that for the Force, things... Look good for them, as you mentioned. Obviously, they got a lot of guys from all over the world. They got a few Argentinians, a few Saffers, a few Kiwis, a few Aussie guys. Richard Kahui, the old 12 there, yeah. starting to look good. They have excuses in the first couple of games because they've got a lot of decent players, but they don't have the cohesion. They haven't played a lot of footy together, and the guys who have played the footy have done so against the... Uh, the uh 
proton jumbucks, yes. the Malaysian pogo sticks, yes. all them. But I do think that the cohesion will come. I mean, it's one thing to have have a have a team made up of good strong cattle. The next challenge is to basically make the cattle move as a mob. You yes, know, that's, exactly. And with that mob that they've got there, they can make them move pretty well, I reckon. And things yeah. will continue looking up for the force, whereas for the Tars, I don't know how they're no. going to get that mob of cattle moving through the gate. I think uh, one of the really damning things for the Waratahs on Friday was the fact that there was a red card yep. late on in that game with enough time on the scoreboard for the Waratahs to make it count. Andrew Reddy there, punching. Punching, A nice yeah. strike to the face. Not, a pretty silly strike to the face, really. But that's a good old-fashioned red card. Yes. I mean, that's that, that's that been red since bloody 18... 1810. Yeah, red for ready. He was shaking his head as he walked off. I I'm know. What a really fucking sure. child. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's cause and effect. You punch someone in the face on a rugby field, it's a red card. You do that down the pub, you're in a set of handcuffs. Yeah. No matter what they do to you before that, Andrew, you punch someone in the face, yeah. you're gone. And the fact that there was a little bit of niggle, a little bit of, a little bit of hand rubbing, all that yeah. sort of stuff, you punch him, Andrew, you're gone. But I do want to... Get around and big up one of the force players, uh-huh. young Tim Anstey. Played four years of sevens, came across to the force. Quite often guys come across from the sevens and they do okay, but yep. not too Very many good at of running them around. light it up. Since the likes of like Bernard Foley and Nick Phipps who used to come across and light it up. But Tim Anstey, my God, he, he looks really good. And I've been tipped off that he was nominated for the Cosmopolitan Bachelor of the Year in 2017. And let me tell you, I can understand why, because he was looking fucking hot on Friday night. That line break gets into space, draws and passes nicely, pop over there for Fergus Lee Warner, and then, Mm -hmm. of course, scored the try, which effectively won them the game. Touching on that, I think we should give a shout-out to to Fergus. He he had an absolute blinder. Mm. He's gotten a lot bigger uh, since he was a young fella, so it's good to see him actually getting in space, getting those... Big legs pumping, you know. And using that body weight. I think there's a lot of bright spots there for yep. the Western Force. But Penny, he's uh, in a spot of bother potentially. He had a bit of a testy run in with a journalist on Friday night there after the game where he said this. Tonight we we, we were in the fight right to the end. And uh, the boys, um, you know, they haven't given up uh, and showed a lot of courage and I'm really proud of them. You know, we just couldn't get over the line. What's it going to take to turn things around? Well, you've just seen a team that's, you know, competed tonight. That's a good start, isn't it? Are you happy with that? Yeah, absolutely. Is, is that enough just to show the fight? Um, or do you, do you want more from them? Well, every team's trying to win every week. It's a pretty robust competition. And I think if you reflect on the question, of course we would love to win. But it wasn't to be tonight. I don't know what answer you want from me, but that's the reality of the, this evening. And we'll, we'll keep fighting. The bye? Does that come at a good time or a bad time for you? It is where it is. We knew where it was months ago, so it's irrelevant, really. Rob, thanks for your time. Best of luck. Pleasure. Wendell, what does Rob Penny do here? I mean, does he accept defeat? Does he lie down and and say, all right, I'll go, I'll go, I'll I'll fall on my sword and go back to clubland and hopefully in a couple of years I can end up coaching the Honda Daredevils or something? You know what, Errol, I think he needs to do? I think he needs to go back to the tried and tested Waratahs 
and Wallabies slash Wallatars formula. Yeah, I right. I think he needs to go down to Randwick. He needs to go down to Sydney University, maybe Eastwood, maybe Norths, some of those big clubs down there in the shoots field in Sydney. He needs to go down there, walk into their Colts program and say, give me your hottest young prospects. Mm-hmm. Skip playing grade. I want to take them straight to the Waratahs. I want to bring in these young hotshots straight into the Waratahs. I want to start blooding them against Reds hard men, Brumbies hard men, you know, guys over the age of 30 who've played two, 300 games of professional rugby. I want those guys straight into my team and we can turn this thing around with a bit of X Factor, mm. get them into the Wallabies at the end of the year. I think it's a tried and tested formula that's worked before and that's just what the Waratahs have got to do to turn things around here. Anyway, overall for that game, rating out of 10. Well, mate, any Waratahs loss is, is an immediate credit for me, so I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Yes, no, I agree with you there, Errol. And I think given the narratives around both teams, the force on the up, the Tars on the down, and the nature of the scoreline, I think it was good footy and entertaining game. Good few people out there at Bank West, which is in Sydney, not over there in Western Australia. So overall, I think it was a good game, 7.5 for me. And it's nice to see the force coming together like a blob of PVA glue on the floor that's slowly starting to set. Mm. Twiggies, mercenaries are getting together and it's great to see. We'll get behind the blokes who have a go all season long. Then on Saturday night, yep. we headed down to the capital. Mm-hmm. The Brumbies and the Rebels. For the match winner, Lonigan has hit it well, has hit it very well. Is it good enough? In the take it does! Unbelievable from downtown. Ryan Lonigan has launched a missile to keep the Brumbies home winning record on the run. Oh, wow. Yep, another famous win for my Brumbies. Good to see him give it to the Rebels. I never really thought that the Rebels should be in the competition, but they are, but they do look like they're growing. You know that I know that's a bit of a running theme with this podcast, but I am really impressed by the team that the Rebels put forward on the weekend. They really, really gave us you know, the first real competition of the game. It was a great game. They had a game plan and they stuck to it. Whether the game plan is the right one, I'm not 100% sure. But that Ryan line again, kicking the winning goal after the siren is about as good as it gets. That was incredible. 55 metres from near the sideline to win the game after the full-time siren. That is Brumby's folklore. That will be Brumby's folklore. Incredible. It's fairy tale stuff and that's what, you know, this game used to trade on really it, it was became famous for having these do or die moments mm. all through the the 90s and the early 2000s when when the wallabies could seemingly do no wrong they were all of these great victories were punctuated by a great do or die moment right in the death there's john ellis's penalty goal Todd kefu's try in the death Stephen Larkham's drop goal incredible uh, stuff in the 1999 world cup semi-final against south africa Yes, this certainly feels like a moment we'll remember. Certainly one for the Brumbies bench who uh, came flying off it. Even Connell McKerney, who'd broken his ankle a little bit before in the moon boot, hopping out there to get around mm-hmm. the boys. So it obviously meant a lot to the Brumbies, and it was great to see. And it felt really good to see an Australian rugby player pull off an incredible kick like that to win the game. Feels like we haven't seen one of those since 
jock or Kurtley Beale in the early 2010s there in South Africa or Hong Kong. It feels like we haven't had one of those incredible kicks to win the game for a little while, maybe since Bernard Foley's Iceman shot in 2014. Well, it was an absolute kicking clinic in my opinion. I, all of the Rebels' points came off the boot of Matt Tamua, who was kicking pretty good all night. He, he is kicking really well. And a stat for you, Errol. Yep. The Rebels have scored zero tries this year. They have not scored a try. Every single point has come off the foot of Matt Tamua. I thought that was the case. Yeah, well, that just goes to show that they are competitive just through, you know, the efforts of one player. Mm. And that can really change things in a game of rugby is if one man lifts, that can change the whole outcome of the game. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting for me that they are sticking to that. I know that they've got a little bit of a thrown-together squad this year, and obviously for the first few weeks, a game plan has been to play it pretty tight, take the points when they're on offer and not try and out-reds the Reds or out-brumbies the Brumbies, which I understand and it makes sense. But the fact that they haven't scored a try in two games of rugby is a little bit concerning for me. I mean, maybe it points to the fact that they've got a South African head coach and an English assistant coach maybe there's a bit too much focus on forward and kicking dominance there with those two guys i don't know but you can make the argument that if one of those threes or fives is turned into seven they win both of those games at least one of those games so i don't know if they can rely on only kicking penalty goals for the rest of the season might be time to to try and replicate lonigan with that lovely little gregan ball a few minutes out yeah for tom banks under the sticks well there is a few issues that come from having a game plan that is centered around a goal kicker in that maybe a couple of minutes into the game Tamur accidentally makes uh, contact with someone's head gets the red and then they don't have him for most of the game then you know yeah. so uh, yeah. these things when you're building your game plan around a kicker then I think that the opposing coach pretty much gets in the loose three ears and say I want you to put this bloke on his ass give this guy a hard time for the yeah. entire 80 minutes I don't yeah. care if it's a few nanoseconds late but you know if, if you're in the postcode and he puts in the kick just j- just keep going all the way home just drop the shoulder into his ribs and yeah and for the club that had Quaid and Genia there a couple of years ago it feels like maybe they need to try and revisit a little bit of that flair obviously yeah their off-season preparations, too, would have been a bit uh, interrupted by uh, the resurgence of the Pangolins' revenge down mm. there in Melbourne. Yeah, they have had to get out of the great state of Victoria to keep this rugby tournament alive. I know their coach, David Wessels, had a little bit of an issue with that. He was saying, why is it always our responsibility to make ourselves available to play in places like Queensland and Perth when their governments are the ones shutting the border? Why isn't it the Reds or the force responsibility to make things happen? Which is an interesting point from Dave there. Because up here in the north, mate, we wash our hands and don't cough on each other. It's as simple as that, Dave, if you really want to know. And the virus hates the heat. But I want to get your opinion, Errol, on the red card there for the Brumbies. It was interesting to see the new rule where you can replace a player after 20 minutes really affecting a game. What did you think of that one? Oh, you know, I I don't really agree with those types of rules. I think if it's red, it's red. You're off. But in terms of, like, the full spectrum of red cards, that was a bit... You know, it was a bit soft, 
I think. I think, you know, in any other game, that would have been a yellow. Yeah, I thought this was red all day. As red as Andrew Reddy's red, he comes flying in there, Alan Alatoa, and just goes bang. Shoulder straight to the face. Falmacilli concussed, is going to miss next week. I thought this was a clear example of a red card that is a red card. And the arguments about having someone replaced after 20 minutes because of the effect on the game should really not apply to a situation like this where you've got someone doing damage to the head, effectively taking that player out of the game. I reckon the Brumbies should have just been playing with 14 men for the rest of the game, but they weren't. They got to replace him and... In the end, they got the job done. They probably wouldn't have got the job done if they were playing with 14 men for the whole game. So I, think, I don't think so either. I think it's interesting that the Rebels weren't really blowing up about that. But anyway, the Brummies have won 19 out of their last 21 at GIO. They're back down there again this weekend. $12 tickets still going which is pretty good. Apparently, they're giving them out in Canberra with a lot of deals. Deals at bottle shops, in the newspaper. Fill the fortress, they reckon. That's how you do it. I mean, I think having bums on seats has been very good for my Brumbies. And, um, yeah, look, I think having good access to Super Rugby, I mean, there's fuck all else to do down in Canberra, really. I mean, yeah, there's been uh, going out to the footy on a Friday or Saturday night. Yeah, it's almost like it's good for the game of rugby having people in there watching yeah. the boys get around, creating a bit of atmosphere. So keep it going, Brumbies. Keep filling the fortress because I think it's great for the game. And just before we move on to Super Rugby across the Dutch, uh, what do you reckon out of 10? I reckon that's a solid nine. That's about as close to 10 as you can get. Errol, I won't go the extra half a point above you, but I will say that's nine. We need some footy, more tries. Good bit of atmosphere. Yep. Did need a few more tries, but the tries that were scored were extremely hot and the kick to win the game, it is a moment that we'll remember for quite some time. So nine for me, great footy, enjoyed it. Look forward to the Reds and the Brumbies next week, but we'll touch on that. Now, Super Rugby, Altiaroa. Yeah. Some big boy games. <laughs> Some absolute masterclasses put on here. And it's been picked up by Nareki, and he's clear. Eventually sits up for Nareki. They don't want to let him run too far because he'll cut them apart. Jonah Nareki, he's got Frizzell with him, bumps off him, and finds Frizzell. Oh, this could be a stunning try. It is. Nareki again wriggling out of tackles. Oh, he's absolutely brilliant. Here he goes again, Patrick Nareki. Yeah, Chiefs versus Highlanders. Absolutely a masterclass there from Jonah Narecki, as you just heard, and a masterclass from the Chiefs on how to collapse. They had a very sizable lead there against the Highlanders. They were looking to score their third try and take a really commanding lead. With Jonah Narecki there scooping up the kick and running away, he went on to have a fair right uh, for the rest of the yeah, day. But the Chiefs three. completely, yeah, scored three, set up another one, and the Chiefs completely capitulated. They are now, Errol, 10 losses on the trot. Oh, child's play compared to the Tars, mate. But um, look, this is this was just this was just an absolute case in point of of leaving the door ajar. But in in the Chiefs' case, instead of leaving the door ajar, they've left it wide open with the big bowl of cat food there, and the the Highlanders have just come in and helped themselves to the whole kitchen. Jonah Narecki has gone to town, ripped into whatever he wanted to. The pace of that game, though, just the. The speed and the intensity was just so 
refreshing. It certainly was an incredible display of New Zealand depth as well. Yeah. Jonah Narecki, he probably won't even get near the All Black squad. No, no he's way. definitely not getting into the team. He probably won't even get to the wider squad. And you look at a performance like that and you just go, my God, where do they keep getting these guys from? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they get them from the rugby shop. I'm not really sure. Well, wherever the rugby shop is, I would like to know, and I'd like to go down there and get yep. myself. I wonder maybe, if they ship internationally. Yeah, I'm, I'd happy to pay whatever the postage is. I'd like maybe a couple of tens, maybe another center or two. Yeah. A couple of rampaging back rowers. Be good. Yeah, I, I will have a look. We'll try and get onto the rugby shop and see if we can put in a few orders for the nation. Just before we move on to the Canes-Crusaders game, um, I really did enjoy this game of rugby. I'm going to give it... Um, it was better than... It, do you think it was a better game than the Force and Tars? I think it was, so I'm going to have to give it an 8. There you go. I reckon it was about on par for me. Obviously, the skill level was very good in this game, but I think I really got into the Force and Tars. I'll give this one a 7, just a little bit lower for me. Good footy, great comeback from the Highlanders. Great tries. Love a good comeback story too. <laughs> Sensational footy. Um, Kane's Crusaders, finally the uh, Crusaders have switched on. Reese happy to boot it into the grandstand. Nothing to be gained by keeping it going. And the Crusaders record their second win of the season. Final score, Crusaders 33, Hurricanes 16. And didn't they switch on, Errol? My God, I think that things look like going the way of the Crusaders for the rest of the year. I don't know if we should maybe just hand them the Super Rugby Aotearoa title because they looked incredibly dominant oh. against the Hurricanes. Yeah, I think the Highlanders and the Blues uh, will uh, take it to, to the Crusaders. But when, uh, come May, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Uh, I'm telling you, Errol, the Reds and the Brumbies are going to take it to them as well. Don't you worry about that. I can see the Brumbies lifting at home against the Crusaders, but playing down in the South Island there, um, I think that'll be a bit hard for any team going down there. Even, mm. you know, the Auckland Blues going down there, that'll be tough. I think for anyone going down there is tough. But well, Hopefully they have to come over here and hopefully the Reds can channel <laughs> 2011 and we can get maybe, yep. we can get Pattaya to learn the Digby Caterpillar for after he scores a winning try against the Crusaders. And the Reds are on. The yep. Reds are on. But 10 years is 10 years, mate. I don't know what I was doing 10 years ago. I think I was still living in fucking... I think I was smoking cones in the uh, toilets in between mass class yeah. maybe around then. I think I was living in Macau then. Glory days. They it was were. a real throwback. Rugby and was a long way from my mind back in those days. Quaid and Gania, Ben Tapawai, Digby Iwani. Rugby was good. And I'm telling you that we're going to get a return to that this year. Kiwi rugby's <laughs> on the decline. We've mentioned it quite a lot on the Batuta Advocate. So. Kiwi rugby is on the decline, and the Reds and the Brumbies are going to fill the void. But back to the game of the Crusaders and the Hurricanes. Crusaders completely dominant. They had the game done and dusted by halftime. Cody Taylor, the hooker, just hitting a great line again and into open space. Incredible. I mean, it's a testament to the ship that they run down there at the Crusaders because they've lost some prize bulls um, mm. over the past few seasons you know they've they've had some good players leave and where good players fall at the crusaders great players rise and it's they just, just keep bringing cattle through the door 
It is incredible. Some of the outside backs there would walk into the Wallabies, no worries at all. Mate, they'd walk into the Lions. Yeah, pretty much any team in the world apart from the Crusaders who've got guys yeah. with uh, incredible talent levels sitting on the bench. I know, you've got the outside backs at the Waratahs who'd have trouble walking into a telegraph pole, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, what did you rate this game, Meryl? Mate, solid solid stuff, but I wanted a bit more from the Hurricanes, so I'm going to have to give that a seven. Yeah, look, I'll give it a six. It was great footy, really good footy from the Crusaders, but they switched off at halftime and the Hurricanes got run through, so it didn't really feel like a whole 80 minutes of footy. No, but it was entertaining mate. nonetheless. Great Loved Kiwi it. rugby as all of the commentators tell us, as they always do tell us, sensational Kiwi rugby. Incredible. Yep, just hope they get that uh, COVID-19 under control over there in New Zealand. In time for May, and we can get some decent crowds back there. Trans-Tasman would be very nice with crowds. But can I just say before we preview what is coming up, how refreshing the new coverage of this old code feels, Errol Parker. No, it was like poking your head out of the car window on a cold night, Wendell. Some good new voices. And I really liked it how they took the time to really explain the game to the people who getting into rugby themselves. And there are a lot of new rules uh, this season. Because rugby is a complicated game, Errol. There's lots of rules. The ball's always in play. So I think it's really nice that the commentators have taken the time to explain some of the new rules, like the line dropouts and all of the old rules, like the stuff that goes on at the rolling malls, the scrums, the line outs, all that kind of stuff. Don't you? Yes, mate. And the coverage, too, was crystal clear, mate. It felt like I'd nicked the eyes from a wedge-tail eagle. Everything was in HD. Do not get me started on that Sinnoh cam. Super crisp. Feels like you're the man who's just getting in there to celebrate one of the boys scoring a try. So nice. I think they borrowed that from the NFL. I noticed that in the Super Bowl, the only game of American football I watched this year, and they seem to do that nice, super crisp shot. And I am a big, big fan of them doing that in Super Rugby AU. Well, mate, from now on, all of my cams will be Cinecam. From now on, <laughs> I won't have it any other way. I think in other facets of life, the Cinecam is available, but it's quite expensive. You have to have to cough up for it. And the other stuff around it is nice as well. Errol seeing a bit of hype, a bit of narrative built up around the game of rugby, particularly enjoying uh, old Wallabies coach Michael Checker and Alana Ferguson there on the the little bird's eye view video screen showing yep. you the breakdown of the tries and the movements. I'm not sure bird's eye view is great for Michael Checker's salad coming on top there because there's not a whole lot of it, but it is good to see a bit of innovation in the coverage of Rugby Union. It's good to see some new things and you don't have some grizzled old bastard drawing all over the screen with his white pen. Bit of drool you, getting on know, there too. Dribbling on saying this is what we would have done in 1994. You know, this is good, this is new, it's modern, it's how the game should be broadcast. Things definitely are looking up. Now let's get our teeth into the next week of footy. Friday, the Force and the Rebels over there at HBF Park, which is over in Perth. Over in Perth, yep. The Sea of Blue. Sea of Blue, mate. I think this is going to be an interesting game with the Rebels' over-reliance on Matt Tamua's boot and, uh, and as I said earlier, the Force coming together like a... Uh, dollop of PVA glue on the mm. floor. The force are on the up and up, and the Rebels, maybe you're going to have to throw it around. I think if this is the game, yep. obviously the Waratahs is the ideal game, but they're on the bye this week. So I think this is the game for the Rebels to get a bit of flair back in, a few flick passes, a few nice offloads. So hopefully 
they don't bill shorten this game too. <laughs> it's a it's a great opportunity for the Rebels to score a try. Mm. But then we look ahead to the Saturday night game, the Bush Capital Boys and the Reds. The We Are Red Queensland Reds playing down there in Canberra on a cold Saturday night, which should prove to be a, another blockbuster down there. Match of the round, I'm, I'm tipping, mate. Um, I think that the Brumbies are, you know, without a doubt going to run all over the Reds. Sorry to say that, but I think they will. I think the Brumbies are in good nick. I think the Reds... Uh, might not have benefited in terms of their game having a week off. I think mm. it might interrupt some of the momentum that they had rolling forward, but only time will tell, mate, and I'm looking forward to it. I'll actually be down there in Canberra this week, and I'm heading down on Friday for some business down there in Canberra. So, mm. A couple of big political stories you're working on that you can't speak about? No, mate, just um, under the guise of, of going there for business, but I'm just going to catch up with a few mates down there in Canberra. So... Getting the uh, plane down from Well Camp in Toowoomba on Friday. Looking forward to it. Always good to travel on Clancy Overall's card. And I think, Errol, it's a fair Wallabies trial this game as well. At the end of the year, it's probably going to be made up of mostly Reds and Brumbies, which as a an Australian rugby fan seems quite weird that we're not going to be supporting the Wallatars this oh, year man, around. I'll believe it when I see it. I reckon, the wa- I reckon the Wallabies this year are just going to be made up exclusively of Waratahs players with the odd... Red with the odd Brumby mm. dashed in there, you know, to keep the savoury mix. Thrown in there because they have to, because they have to get a couple of to. boys from the Brumbies and the Reds. Crusaders versus the Chiefs down there in the spiritual home of Kiwi Rugby down there in Christchurch. It's going to be a bit of a, uh, a one-sided uh, shopping trip, I think. This I think. could get very, very ugly. I cannot see the Crusaders not putting 50 up. This will be 50. a huge score. Maybe 60? 50. Well, we're recording this on a Monday, so I'll put I'll put 10 on it. 10 on it? Yeah. They, they don't get 50? No, they don't get 50. All right. What about 60? Can we 60? put five on that as well? Sure. Okay. But I get double the return if they get 60. All right. Yeah. Okay. I reckon they are going to do a job on the Chiefs. They haven't beaten anyone since the Waratahs last year, yep. which tells you all that you need to know, I think. And the other game of the round, which will also be on Stan Sport, is the Blues and the Highlanders at Eden Park, the graveyard yep. for the Wallabies, but a happy hunting ground for the Blues. Well, Wendell, a lot of people have been saying that the Blues are looking good this season, but you know that really boils my piss because I don't believe it for a second. New Year, same old Blues? No, I don't think that's I don't think that's accurate. I, I think the Blues have slipped back a few years. I mean, I think we'd be going back to the Benji era. Mm. Blues uh, are looking uncharacteristically all right. Previously, they really struggled against Kiwi sides, but they sort of seem to be turning things around. But who knows? Maybe we will see a return to the Benji era this week against the Highlanders. In one of my favourite expressions, Wendell, only time will tell. Now, there's just a few things I'd like to talk about outside of Super Rugby in in the rugby spectrum, and that is the shambolic and outright disrespectful treatment of Rugby Australia by the Lions board. I mean, Australia's offer to host this year's British and Irish Lions series against South Africa has been rejected by the Lions board. You know, you try and do something for someone and they and they basically tell you to get fucked. Rugby kick is, you in the teeth. Right, mate, kick you in the teeth when you're getting up after being punched in the back of the head. I mean, Rugby Australia promised the Lions and South Africa all profits from the series, believe it or not. That's and it. We didn't want to make any money. We were just happy to cover costs, just happy put to do the it boys for the up, love of the game. put on a spread with crowds. 
Yep, and the Lions wanted a financial guarantee in case there were any problems playing the series because of the Pangolins' kiss going around. And I think we were prepared to entertain that, but on top of that, the Lions wanted guaranteed crowds, which you can't do in these uncertain times. I think they were really just taking the piss here. I mean, I wonder why they didn't want to have the tour down in the Southern Hemisphere. I mean, it's got me fucked why you wouldn't want to invite people up to the Northern Hemisphere when, you know, you turn on your TV and the news says that, you know, it's a, it's a land of death and pestilence. I can't understand why they're giving us the finger for a nice offer to come down here and play some footy with some good crowds and open stadiums when the other options are choosing either of the homes of the new deadly strains of COVID, the UK strain and the South African strain. They're tossing up about having the boys there and playing it there behind yeah. closed doors, empty stadiums, everyone under strict quarantine protocols. Doesn't make sense to me. Well, and it just looks foolish compared to what we had on the table, having a game in Perth, creating a carnival-like atmosphere. A lot of saffers over there who would love to get around that tour. Yep. A lot of palms there because there's palms everywhere. The home of Australian sport. I mean, you you could have packed that place out. Yep. Another one in Sydney, another one in Brisbane, good rugby towns. Crowds in full song, Sweet Caroline, Delilah. It's, it's, It's just sad. But one thing I would like to touch on but before we take a few questions is um have you been keeping up to speed with the uh european rugby championship i've actually uh missed it errol haven't been keeping too across that who have we got well the small nation state of georgia um well well known in the rugby world they've been absolutely steamrolling everyone you know the likes of portugal spain romania russia in terms of you know the rugby standard, they would be on par with with a good game of running rugby on a club level. Yeah, right. Continental Europe's version yeah. of the Crusaders, you could say. Yeah, and it was and it was after this game I was doing a bit of research because I was told by um, a person in Rugby Australia that the reason why the game of rugby is so popular in the small nation of Georgia is because when they break away from the Soviet Union and uh, the early, in the early nineties. The first international sporting body to to recognise Georgia as its own country was rugby. Um, really? Was the International Rugby Board. But after doing a bit of digging, it turns out that's, that's you know, more of, you know, a fabled wallaby yarn, you know, that's mm. heavy on uh, emotion, quite light on fact. The actual Western propaganda. The story is like, like a lot of other rugby-playing nations, the popularity of the game in Georgia can be traced back to an ancient game that they had. Was, I think it was called Lilo Birdie or something like that. It, it was a full contact game with a ball. They used to run at each other until the cows came home. But during the Soviet period, Georgia played for the USSR team. They did play a lot of rugby before the fall of communism there. But Georgia did actually apply a few times to join the International Rugby Federation, I think it was known at the time as a member, but they got knocked back two times until their independence had been recognised by other people. So there you go. Well, an interesting bit of history there. I uh, don't mind that at all, Errol. The story of Georgian rugby, the mountain men, aren't they? A lot of Georgians. Huge. Big, big huge guys. Big I know bastards. the English last year when they played them in the Autumn Nations Cup, I think they played with nine forwards because the, <laughs> they needed to soften the blow of those big Georgians running at them. I would be uh, very scared of playing a team of Georgian rugby players, but great to hear they're ripping in the European Rugby Championship and great to hear that the European Rugby Championship is going ahead with everything that's been going on over there. The Georgians are cut from a different cloth. I mean, they 
used old Soviet-era tractors as scrum machines. The balls and tackling bags were sewn together by the players' wives and mothers. <laughs> and now, Did they get the hand of any Russian sports scientists, Soviet sports scientists? Well, uh, let's let, let's not touch on that. Um, yeah, I think you're right, Errol. Not worth angering any Georgians out there. Bit of uh, bit of local news now for the listeners. Anyone tuning in outside of town, we we do like to talk about the Batuta Matabatasauruses, our local rugby union team. Mate, I know it is a tongue twister, but it's Matabatasauruses, Matabatasauruses, Matabatasauruses. That's it. Yeah, mate. I always stuff that one up, Errol, and you always do point it out. I'm sorry, I'm a local public school kid from Batuta Heights High up there the road. I didn't didn't do too much on my elocution, so I always stuff the. Batuta Matabarasauruses up. But we'll get into the news. We had a good bus trip up to uh, Baduri there over the weekend. A lot of fun. You were driving the bus, Errol, so you missed out on a little bit of it. But Well, you know, I've driven up to Baduri many times. I've drunk a lot of cans of piss in Baduri, and I think uh, by driving the bus, I wasn't going to miss out on much. I'm in my early 40s now. I've, I've done all my drinking, mate, so... I that, hope uh, I hope you boys all had fun on the bus. It's the it most sounded like it. It's the most honest of work. Errol driving the bus for a group of footy players after they've played. It uh, was a lot of fun. There was a bit going on. The red goon sacks getting around. I noticed you did see in the rearview mirror the uh, Spider Man with Big Brooksy climbing along up there, up the top, which was a bit of entertainment. Obviously, a lot of a lot of fun to be had on the bus there. Shame we couldn't get the win. I kind of. Thought we were pretty hard done by. We took an early lead there, 3-0. We were up and there was a lot of momentum. I thought we were doing pretty well. And then there was that questionable call from the referee there for uh-huh. a, a high shot, which, again, Bush Rugby Union, a little bit different to City Rugby Union. I thought maybe we could have let that slide. Yeah, he came up high and there was obviously the point of contact issues and all that kind of stuff. But I really felt like it took the game away from us. And, you know, we ended up losing, what, 42 points to 10 or something like that but i feel like that early call had a huge influence on the game and i, and I don't think it was fair but anyway well, we'll be better for that we're going up to bullia this weekend and hopefully we can get it done in that trial match i think we will mate but look when you get to my age i think it's more or less about having fun i mean i don't think anyone in our club is going to go on and play rep for you this is just this is just a bit of fun, and and when it no longer becomes fun, then you know you should really be asking yourself if this if if this is what you want to keep doing. If you, you lose, yeah, it's not fun, but it's not about the result at the end of the day. It's about the fun you had along the way. And we did have a lot of fun there on the bus, apart from Gibbo, who accidentally had a sip of one of the uh, the piss cans that had actually been filled up after being emptied. But unlucky Delicious. for him. And we should finish it up with our. Grassroots question of the week. Huh? And if you have any questions for next week's show, email them to Errol at or myself, Wendell, at BatutaAdvocate.com. We've got the first one, uh, producer Dave over there in the corner. He's got it for us. All right. First one comes from Luke, who's in Batuta Heights. And he asks, if the Waratahs don't win a game in Super Rugby AU this year, is it time for them to stop dragging down the standard of Australian rugby and be replaced by the Sunwolves? <laughs> yes. I think that's a great question and a valid question from Luke. I mean, we're looking at what the Tars are doing to the competition this year. It really has lowered the standard. And if we want to be competitive with the New Zealands and the South Africans and the English, we need to have a good standard of domestic rugby. And the Tars, the Tars are letting that down. We saw what Japan did in the World Cup in 2019. Maybe it is time for the Sunwolves to come back in. Yeah. 
I'm a big fan with uh, you know the EPL type of system where you've got teams that come up, teams that come mm, down. I think relegation, little, relegation. That's what it's called. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm a big fan of that, and I think that that'd be great for great for the game. Yeah, I think everyone outside of Sydney might not mind seeing the Waratahs go down for a little while, have a little spell, given they've had years and years of having all of the resources and the largest playing pools, and now they're finally paying the price for some pretty questionable management over recent times. Anyway, we won't go too far down that rabbit hole. You got another one for us, Dave? Yep, so next one was sent in by Max from Batuta Grove, and he wants to know that given Ryan Lonergan's game-winning kick, should he be an automatic inclusion in the Wallaby squad? Yes, he should be an automatic selection for the first game. Yep, get him in there. Yep. And we know that... Mate, that's a tried and tested method of winning games. You know, you just as soon as a young bloke looks like he's showing a little bit of promise, throw him in the deep end. Sink or swim. Yeah, anyone who can kick a game-winning penalty goal like Ryan did deserves to be in there. We'll have him on the match day 23 on the bench. Can bring him on with 10 minutes of the game left to play and he can ice it if we need him to do that. Ryan Lonigan in the Wallabies 2021. Let's see it. Dave Rennie, get him up. I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, we got anything else there, Dave, or is that it? That's it. I think that's it for today, boys. There you go. All right. Well, if you are one of our listeners from outside town or one of our listeners from inside town who hasn't got in touch, send us an email. As I said, Errol at BatutaAdvocate.com or Wendell at BatutaAdvocate.com. Send in your questions, whatever they are, Australian rugby, club rugby, anything like that. We'll try and get around to answering them as best we possibly can. But that is the end of the show for this week. It's been a real pleasure to have your company and we look forward to talking to you again next time on the Ruck Me Dead podcast. My name's Wendell Hussey. Talk to you then. And my name's Errol Parker. Talk to you.